This audio sermon is brought to you by the House of Intercessory Prayer Ministries. For more information, please visit www.hipm.org. So as we continue our series on Everyday Miracle, today we are going to see yet another miracle that Jesus performed when he was on the face of this earth. As I keep saying, the miracles that Lord Jesus performs today tells us that Jesus has the complete control or ultimate authority over everything. How many of you believe that? That Jesus has ultimate authority over everything. Amen. Hallelujah. This morning we are here believing that Lord Jesus has ultimate authority over everything. His miracles tell us today that Jesus has ultimate authority over nature, ultimate authority over sicknesses, authority over demons, and authority over death. Any of the miracles that Jesus performed, if you take that and categorize them, it falls into any one of these categories, as I said, authority over nature, over death, over demons, and over sicknesses. Now the question that we have been asking as we go through this series is that why we do not see such great miracles in church today? God is the same God. He was the same yesterday and today and forever. The gospel is the same gospel that we preach today. Why don't we see such miracles in our churches today? In other words, we are trying to understand from those miracles the steps that led Jesus Christ to perform those miracles. And if you and I can do that today, probably we are going to see miracles in the, in, in the churches today. Now, we take each miracles one after another and we try to understand the context in which the miracles took place. And last week we talked about the centurion's servant being healed. As the centurion came running to Lord Jesus Christ with a great concern in his heart for his servant. And he had an exceptional humility. He just came and fell at the feet of Lord Jesus Christ. He was a man of authority and man of honor. And in the midst of all his people around him, he came and fell at the feet of God. And that shows a great humility. And also he had a great faith. Even Lord Jesus Christ admired his faith, saying that, I have not seen such a great faith even among Israel. And today we are going to see yet another supernatural miracle that Lord Jesus performed. We are going to read from Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 to 21. Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 to 21. When Jesus heard it, that means when Jesus heard the death or the beheading of John the Baptist, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Verse 15, when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. 
you give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. Verse 19, then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and two fish and looked up, looking up to heaven. He blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. You know, we see an amazing miracle that Lord Jesus Christ performed by taking five loaves of bread and two fish in his hands and blessing them. And as he blessed them, they multiplied. That's what scripture says. You know, as we read, let's read once again verse 15. As the disciples were gathered and great multitude were there in that setting, Lord Jesus Christ has been preaching and he was healing the sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. You know, here we see we are talking about the steps that led Jesus Christ to perform that miracle on that day. As we read in verse 15, we see this miracle was initiated by the disciples themselves. You know, they are the one they came running to Lord Jesus Christ and they understood the need of the hour. You know, there was a great need among the people on that day. The multitudes were hungry and they need to be fed. And disciples recognized that need. And the moment they recognized that need, they came running to Lord Jesus Christ. They knew very well that the multitude need to be fed. They brought that concern to Lord Jesus Christ. And eventually that resulted in a great miracle. You know, God wants us to know the need of the hour. God wants us to know what is going on around us and God wants us to realize the time in which we are living today. You know, many times we don't realize the time in which we are living. And obviously we don't understand the need. You know, God expects us to know the time in which we are living today on this earth. And once we know the difficulty or the criticality of the time in which we are living and God will make our eyes, will open our eyes to see what the need of the hour is. Let's go to another scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 to 8. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 to 8. Here we see Paul asking us to be awake. If the disciples were not awake, if they were not careful to capture the concern of the people on that day, probably that miracle would not have taken place. Here Paul is asking us to be awake. Paul is asking us to be sober and vigilant. Let's go through the scriptures. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 1. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. Let's read that very carefully. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, 
are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief you are all sons of light and sons of the day we are not of the night nor of darkness therefore let us not sleep as others do but let us watch and be sober for those who sleep sleep at night and those who get drunk are drunk at night verse 8 but let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet the hope of salvation here we see paul is asking the church to be vigilant and to be sober knowing the hour in which we are living today and god wants us to know that now know that the time is very critical we need to know that the hour is very very near you know some of the things that are happening around us today if we see if we look into that situation it clearly tells us that the hour is very very near some of the things are happening in the middle east some of the things are happening in the you know somewhere some other part of the globe to the church today tells us that the persecution is not very far to the churches in canada and united states and god is asking us to be awake you know if we are not awake if we don't build our faith in lord jesus christ if we get carried away by something which is not at all significant on this day how do we stand in the in those days of trial you know i read the life of esther in the life of esther mordecai came and told esther let's let's go back to the scriptures let's read that from esther chapter 4 verses 14 to 16 esther chapter 4 verse 14 Mordecai says this to Esther. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And as we know the time and the need, Esther, knowing that King Ahasuerus has decided to destroy all the Jews, as Mordecai came and gave that information to Esther, knowing the need of the hour, Esther did something which is precious. Let's go to verse 16. Esther commanded Mordecai saying this, Go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me neither eat nor drink for three days night or day my mates and I will fast likewise and so I will go to the king which is against the law and if I perish I perish you know that was a deep conviction in the heart of Esther that she knew the time in which she was kept alive you know, this is the same conviction you and I need today. You know, church is not the time of people gathering together and experiencing joy. It is also part of the church. But it is not just that alone. It's, it's not just having a time of fun and just disappearing from the scene. Church is called to know the time in which we are living today. Esther was called into that moment. 
And Mordecai was right there as if the Holy Spirit is with us prompting the same thing what Mordecai did to Esther. The Spirit of God is telling us this morning that you and I are kept alive for a time such as this. For a time such as this. And what is God expecting us to do at this moment? You know, that's the question that you and I need to ask. You know, God wants us to be cautious about the time in which we are living. On the day, the disciples were very cautious and they knew the hour of the day and they knew what was the need among people. God's heart cries for his people, saying that how good it will be. If my people know the timing of God, let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 7. This is nothing other, nothing but the cry of the heart of God. God is speaking through the prophet Jeremiah and God is telling, even the stork in the heavens knows her appointed time. And the turtle dove, the swift and the swallow observe the time of their coming. But my people do not know the judgment of the Lord. My people do not know the judgment of the Lord. You know, God's heart is crying out to you over you and me saying that. Even the birds in the sky, they know the timing. But my people do not know the timing. They live as if the life is guaranteed forever. But the days in which we are living today, it is not at all guaranteed. And God wants us to know the timing in which we are living today. The devil knows that there is a very little time that is given for him. The devil knows the timing of God very, very clearly. The entire nature around us know the timing of God very clearly. But you and I, children of God, we fail to forget. We fail to capture. We fail to realize the time in which we are living today. The devil has been given a deadline. You know, after a point of time, devil is no more in function. He knew that very well. He knows that very well. And he is, you know, very aggressively working among people today. Matthew chapter 24, verse 24 says, Matthew 24, 24. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. If possible, even the elect will be deceived. How much more you and I need to strongly put our foot in the word of God. But firmly, you know, strongly put our foundation in the word of God. So that we may not be deceived. The devil is working very aggressively. Showing signs and wonders. Signs and wonders does really not decide, de define whether it is from God or not. We know whether it is something is from God or not, if it is according to the word of God. Scripture is very clear that the devil is very aggressively acting. And you and I need to know the timing of God. If we do not know God's purpose in our lives on this earth, we are wasting our time down on this earth. You know, if we have not done anything that makes eternal impact, it is a waste of time on this earth. You know, God makes every one of us accountable. God doesn't really look at a church as a whole. God doesn't really look at people as a whole. God makes every one of us accountable. Because the relationship that we have with our Lord is a personal relationship. Then comes the corporate relationship. First of all, the personal relationship that we, we have with the Lord. 
today how much you and I are able to serve the Lord it is defined by our personal commitment we have for the Lord nobody need to tell us anything to do nobody need to encourage us nobody need to pat on our back saying that come on you have done a good job it's not for that it is according to the commitment you and I have for the Lord we keep moving forward we don't expect anything from people we keep moving moving further and further only based on the commitment that we have with our God and God makes us accountable unless we make eternal impact unless we be draw people to the presence of God we cannot make eternal impacts and God is asking us to count our time the time that is given to us the disciples knew the hour on that day very clearly they realized that people are hungry and they came rushing to Lord Jesus Christ and eventually that resulted as a miracle secondly let's go back to Matthew chapter 14 verse 15 when it was evening his disciples came to him saying this is a deserted place and the hour is already late send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food disciples said two things there very interesting disciples said two things there this is a deserted place the hour is already late you know these are the two common complaints we make most of the time we usually say the place I am living is not good right the city I'm living is not good at all I am planning to move out of the city probably I don't find any employment here I don't, I, I'm not able to make friends I don't like the people here I don't like the culture here I don't like the sea being next to me I don't like you know somebody living as a neighbor we have many issues to say, tell and we say I'm probably planning to get out of this place but we don't know what is God's will in our lives we don't know why God brought us to this city or even to this nation you know some of us move or move to this nation and then say that probably our nation was good it's very tough over here it's very difficult to you know, establish ourselves in this nation but you know you did not come by yourself God brought you to this city or to this nation do we go back and ask God Lord the reason why you brought me over to this place but before that we decide to move out we decide to get out of the place exactly the disciples were in the same attitude they were telling Lord Jesus Christ Lord this is a deserted place how can you expect me to us to feed them and secondly they said the hour is late we go back to love the Lord our Lord and tell him Lord I'm done I'm already 45 50 60 nothing else I can do about it though God it's already too late I cannot do anything for you I'm too old or I'm too tall I'm too short I'm too fat you know we have so many reasons to tell today to the Lord and say that Lord I cannot do this it's already late everything is done disciples were having the same attitude it's a deserted place is already very late they failed to realize that nothing is late for Lord Jesus Christ but Jesus saw what they had even though they said this is a deserted place nothing is available it's already late Jesus saw what the little they had and God is telling us this morning it is not about the place it is not about the time in which live we live because we need to see what we have within us you know the place we live today may be a desert I understand I agree with you in some of our lives the place we live 
maybe like a desert. The time is not in favor of us. We go through multiple struggles one after another. We are hit with so many things one after another. We find an escape from one issue and that's the time we enter into another issue without our knowledge whether we like it or not. But if we are expecting for a miracle, God is telling us this morning that it doesn't matter in which place you are or how long you have been here, whether you are new or you have been living here for a long time. It doesn't really matter. All that you are expecting is a miracle. You know, God has already prepared us for a time and place such as this. How many of you believe that? God has prepared every one of us for a time and place such as this. You know, it is the place and time of our miracle. You know, we need to believe that for some reason. We need to believe that it is the time for my miracle. It is the time for my miracle. You know, very, many times it is very hard for us to believe. Because as people, as humans, we tend to think around what is going on around us and what is going on in our own lives. All that they saw on that day, the disciples saw, was desert. Dryness everywhere. Hopelessness. Darkness because it was already in the evening. The rough and toughness of life was what seen by the disciples on the day. But God is telling us this morning that he is about to perform a miracle. He is about to perform a miracle. You know, I, I, I thought about Ezekiel as he was brought into the valley of death. We read that in Ezekiel chapter 37. We may not have time to read the entire scripture. Ezekiel was brought into the valley of dry bones and God asked him one question. He asked him, son of man, can these bones live? Son of man, can these bones live? We read that in Ezekiel 37 verses 7 to 10. And God asked him to do one thing, prophesy over these bones. You know what happened? But when Ezekiel prophesied, there was a great noise. And suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone and verse 8 says indeed as I looked the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over when he prophesied to the breath breath came from the four winds into them and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army you know there was a miracle took place on the day but Dan, uh, Ezekiel was standing in the valley of dry bones. Here we see the disciples of Lord Jesus Christ were sitting in a place which is a desert. Dryness everywhere. You know, miracles happen when we think that nothing can work here. Everything is turning against me. Nothing works in favor of me. Disciples and the multitude were in that same situation. And we are many times, we live in the similar situation. And at times we are even ready to quit and say that, saying that, Lord God, it is not good. It is not going to happen. And I believe strongly this morning, the Spirit of God is talking to you. Jesus is telling you that you do not need to send them. You give them something to eat. You know, that was the words of Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go back to verse 16. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. That's what exactly God Almighty is telling you this morning. You don't need to go away. You don't need to quit. You don't need to stop everything that you have been doing. Look into your life. There is something that is already in your life. There is something the Lord God has done already in your life. What is that exactly? Let's go back to 
Matthew chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. Thirdly, we see there, but Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Verse 17, and they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. We have here only five loaves and two fish. Where that five loaves and two fish came? In a place like a desert, in a place of dryness, in a place of hopelessness. How from, where from that two fish and the five loaves came? Jesus is telling you this morning, your little something is better than nothing. The little something that God has given you in your hands is better than nothing. We have all that we have is just five loaves and two fishes. But do you look and you see a great multitude? You stand and wonder there, Lord, what are you going to do with these five loaves and two fishes at this moment? And God is telling you this morning, something is better than nothing. My daughter, my son, something is better than nothing. You know, I have seen people saying, when we ask them to do something, they say, I don't know about it. I don't know how it works. Or I don't have anything to give. I don't think I can do this. But in the same time, there are people around us, they say, I know a little bit of it. I don't know much to give, but I have something, very little to give. I don't think I can do it, but then I can make, give it a try. You know, there are two kinds of people we see here. Somebody saying that I don't have anything, I don't know, I don't know anything, I'm not able to succeed in my life. But at the same time, we also see another group of people saying that, I don't know, but I will give it a try. I don't have much, but I have something. You know, God is very particular and specific in that something that we have today. Remember, our something, the five loaves of bread and two fishes, has the potential to produce a miracle. But your nothing has an ability to stop your miracle. The five loaves and the two fishes that we have today in our hands has an ability to produce a miracle. But the nothing has an ability to stop your miracle. And this morning, God wants you to realize how much he has done for you. Why do we need, we need to fret? How much he has already done for you? How much he has accomplished in our lives? Why do we worry about that nothing? Again, say that nothing in our lives. There is already something. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Again, we may have time to read through verses 14 to 30. We all know the story of talents. A man traveling to a far country, he decided to call all his servants and he gave five talents to one servant. And he gave two talents to another servant and one talent to another one. And he told them, go and do your business. The one who had the five talents, he went and he traded and he made another five. The one who had two talents, he did the same and he got another five, another two. But the man who had one talent, he went and he dug the ground and he buried the talent. Thinking that my master will come one day, I will take it from the ground and I will give it back to him. But you know what, when ha what happened when the master came? We read that in Matthew 25, verse 21. When the master came, he told to the one who doubled the five talents, 
he told well then good and faithful servant you were faithful over a few things i will make you ruler over many things enter into the joy of the lord and he said the same to the one who had who was given two talents but the one who did not use what was given to him let's read what the lord spoke to him what the lord said to him the one who got one talent he can never deny that he does not have a talent he was given one talent but he did not do anything with that talent talent here refers to the coin or something which is valuable matthew chapter 25 verses 26 to 30 we are going to read that scripture matthew 25 26 and as they i'm sorry matthew chapter 25 verse 26 but his lord answered and said to him you wicked and lazy servant you knew that i reap where i have not sown and gather where i have not scattered seed so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming i would have received back my own with interest verse 28 therefore take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents someone there who multiplied the five talents into another five he has 10 talents and now this talent is taken from them and given to the one who multiplied the five into 10 verse 9 29 for to everyone who has more will be given and he will have abundance but from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away that's the reason i said saying nothing is going to stop your miracle scripture is very clear but from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away and this morning i believe god is speaking to you verse 30 and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth our God is a compassionate God. He is a jealous God. And He is also a God of vengeance. You know, we never forget, we should never forget the multiple aspects, multiple faces of our God. And this morning, God is telling us the reason why we are alive on this earth is nothing other than to worship Him. The reason why talents, the abilities are given to each and every one of us is to invest in God's kingdom, not to keep it, uh, not to keep it for our own sake. And if we do that, our miracle will stop. The reason why we don't see miracles in our lives, the reason why we don't see miracles in our churches today is people are burying the talents that God has given. People are burying the abilities that God has given. And this morning God is speaking to you and me and telling us it is time that we need to use them for God's glory. Something is better than nothing. God can perform a miracle from nothing. He is able to do. But you know, way, you know what? God doesn't operate in that way. But God always performs miracles from the few things that are already given to us. It all depends how faithful we are in those little few things that God has given to us. You know, this morning, I don't know what it means to you, but God is speaking to you this morning and he is reminding you those little things that God has already given to you. Those little investments that God has already made into your life. You are a child of God. It did not happen all of a sudden. Someone has invested in your life. But it is time that God is expecting you to multiply what God has given to you. It may mean to you in terms of what you give it to God. 
It may mean to you your offerings and tithes. It may mean to you your time and your availability instead of sitting and wasting our time. What are we trying to do with the time that God has given in our hands? It may mean to us our talents and abilities that God has given. Are we willing to use that for God's glory? The five loaves of bread and the two fishes were brought to Jesus Christ to perform this miracle. God wants us to know the timing in which we are live, the time in which we are laid today. The disciples saw what they do not have, but Jesus saw what they do have. Our something that we have is better than nothing. And this morning God is telling you, it is time that let's be awake. As Paul writes to Thessalonians, let's not asleep, let's be awake. This morning, can we just close our eyes? Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.